Hey, fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching. Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy nation. Dot. I assume Dot. Tom. <laughs> Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a fellow Iranian, although who's quite more talented than I am, as she's an international musical sensation. Shab, how are you? I'm wonderful, Samuel. Thank you so much for having me yeah. today. You're one of the few people I'm going to allow to call me by my last name, so that's perfect. Oh, oh my goodness. No, okay. I'm sorry. Nah, Bubba, it's okay. Nah, Bubba. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Nah, it's okay. Either one. Okay. But, you know, I'm giving you permission to be one of the few people just to call me by my last Ooh, name. Thank you so much, RC. You know, it's it's one of those old things, you know. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with, with mo most Iranians, we have uh, typically two sports that we compete in in Iran, either wrestling or soccer. Most of my family went soccer. I went wrestling, so only my wrestling teammates were allowed to call me by my last name. And, uh, so, and me now. <laughs> uh, and now Shab. Thank you. I'm yeah. honored. Of course. You know, Shab, you have a very familiar story to every Iranian in the United States. Uh, especially if they grew up in the 1980s, and that was leaving Iran during the Iran-Iraq War, you know, po post-revolution. Um, I know you're one of 13 children, and you're the baby. Correct. So I just picture your mother getting tired and looking at your older sister and go, aha, you go take care of her. I'm tired of you. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that's very interesting. You're right. I mean, I, my sisters did help, you know, a lot, um, which is beautiful. You know, that's how it should be. Family should help. <laughs> Absolutely. Family should help and take care of each other, uh, especially if they get along, God willing. Um, tell me about your story about, you know, first growing up in Iran and then moving to Germany. Okay, so I was born during the revolution. Um, it was six months after I was born, and uh, the revolution happened. Uh, my dad worked for the petroleum company, and they burned his work down. I mean, it was just a lot of chaos going on. They kidnapped two of my brothers, and then my, my dad passed away. The revolution's still going through. And my mom left with 13 kids trying to figure out how to how she, she should, you know, take care of us. I mean, she was you know, it was worrying as a mother, you know, single mom, and do, especially during a revolution and, a, you know, chaos going on. And, you know, so so during that time, my, um, you know, my older siblings were helping out. <clears throat> one was working, you know, as a nurse and the other one you know, in the bazaar, just kind of like trying to help as much as we could. Um, so my story kind of goes there. And then, and of course, like I finally came to the, you know, um, second, third grade, and I'm asking, why do we have to wear these veils? And, and, you know, and it's okay. I mean, you know, I think it's it's great if someone wants to wear them, but it should be a, it, it should be a will, like, where you want to do it or not, not being forced on someone, you know? Um, and so I was questioning my mom a lot at, like, age seven, and I was already beyond my years, and I feel like I'm like, I never felt like I belonged, and I was like, I came to change, make right. a new world somehow. Um, and so, and I was like, where's my dad? And, you know, why, why is dad not here? And so those questions, so forth. Right. So when I was uh, about uh, eight or nine, um, we had this opportunity to come to Germany. And um, so that's what I did. My, you know, my brothers and sisters went like a couple of years ahead of me. My mom kind of kept me because I was still a baby. Right. So then I went to Germany and so I finished school there. I went from, uh, I think like 
fourth, fifth, sixth grade, never finished seventh or eighth, went straight to ninth grade and came to U.S. So I, that's how I speak German. Um, you know, I went to boarding school there. My sister was my, um, she was my guardian there and uh, my older sister. So that's how I was able to stay there. And my older siblings already had left Germany and went to, or went to Palm Springs Desert, California to stay with my my stepbrother, my half brother, from my dad's side. Well, there's actually 18 of us. I lowballed you, but um, <laughs> my dad had had five kids before he married my mom. So I have five uh, half brothers and sisters, one half sister and four half brothers. But your dad was busy. <laughs> he, he he loved making babies. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, well, if he stopped at like number ten or eleven, you wouldn't I, be I here. Wouldn't be here. Exactly. There you go. They had to. Yeah. They had to. Uh, I always joke around with my sisters, and I'm like, I, I you know, I perfected the number at the end. You know, <laughs> I, and they're like, shut up. You know. <laughs> they, they always mess. I always mess with them, but they they know I joke now and stuff like that. But. Anyway, so well, you know, Ir- Iranians have a very weird sense of humor for Western standards. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, for people that don't understand Iranian sense of humor, let's say something is taboo. If we make fun of it, it means we're okay with it. If we completely ignore it and then just like it's a topic that we won't ever talk about, we won't make eye contact, whatever else, then we have a problem with it. But if it's wow. something. You know. You're right. <laughs> so on point. It's crazy because there's some things I just avoid. I'm like, no, it's not happening. Uh-uh. Like right. the whole corona. So I'm like, no, right. no, no. I live in a bubble. Everything's perfect. <laughs> I don't talk about it. You don't no, right. see no evil, hear no evil. Right. Like, bye. bye. <laughs> right. So you know. anyway, no, you're, you're so right that it's on yeah. point. And, and for people that don't understand what happened in the revolution when you were six, seven years old um, and you had to wear the hijab, um, it wasn't just Muslims that had to wear. It was Zoroastrians, Jewish people, uh, what was left, oh, yeah. because I think most of them took off, like they were the second plane out after the Shah took off. Uh, Jewish okay. people, Christians had to wear them. Everybody in Iran had to wear the hijab. Yeah. So. It's the law. Otherwise, you get arrested. <laughs> yeah. And this is the height of the war, so. Exactly. Oh, yeah. They were arresting a bunch of young kids. And you couldn't wear jeans for the longest time. It was crazy. Like, I mean, you know, I guess they're more lenient now, but I really don't, I, you know, I always say when it changes, I will be more than happy to go back. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I don't really get involved in politics and stuff because, right. you know, religion, politics, and government stuff, it's just, it's very, um, <laughs> it's a sensitive subject. So I just say spiritual love for all. Right. We are all one. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I- for short and sweet. <laughs> Listen, I I found a book that I was looking for forever, and it was written in, it was published in 1978, and it was Iran under the Pahlavi, and the inscription Uh from the author, I'll read it to you, just because I started crying when I read it. Sure. Was, uh, what's it called? This book is dedicated to the people of Iran, whose ancient and unique civilization is experiencing in the mid-20th century a spectacular resurgence and progress for the benefit of their own and the world at large. One year before the revolution, so. That's amazing. You yeah. know, we were definitely becoming the pioneers of Middle East. And yeah. whatever the, they saw, some kind of weakness, they were like, oh, they can get become really powerful because, you know, the, the country is filled with lots of oil and there's there's a lot of power there, you know, into that 
with the with the natural resources, obviously. And it's really sad that, uh, you know, again, you know, again, there's a new world coming and, and things are different. I mean, the new generation, the kids are much more, you know, easygoing and more respectful and accepting. Um, um, just, I think that we're definitely going towards a better place. You know, I, I pray for that every day yeah. for people to have peace and to have love in their heart and we can just enjoy this world together and just enjoy all of the beauty of it, you know, right. and just uh, live happily amongst each other and, you know, enjoy this experience while, while we're here on earth, you know. That's what our Father, I mean, that's what God, our Creator, and I know that's what He wants for us, you know, and uh, because we were made of love, we are love. Now you sound more Zoroastrian than anything. <laughs> Actually, my thought. My family is my uh, my uh, my ancestors were you know we, yeah. we celebrate the eight you know mm-hmm. um, so we we have that I mean my mom she she we love the Quran I think the Quran is so beautiful there's so many verses of it I love the Bible there's some things in our Torah is very well written I think religion is beautiful and every religion has a beautiful message from from God and um, you know from the one that brought this message you know. Muhammad Ali and Jesus, and they're all amazing. I mean, even Buddha for the Eastern Eastern countries, you know. Um, but again, I think they're all at the end say the same message. It's just like we're made of love. Um, that's what I look at it as. Um, so it's good. I mean, it's good to believe in something. It's good to have faith, you know. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, you know, my father was Asuri from Iran, and then so we're. Uh, the Christian minority in Iran, so I understand what it means uh, faith-wise and to retain that. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are Christians. I have some friends that are Jewish. I have, I have a mix of friends, and we talk about all of it, and they're like, it's amazing, because when they tell me things, and I'm like, wow, it's great, because there's some verses in, in the Quran that says the same thing, or the or the Bible. I, mean, I love some verses of the Bible, and they're just so powerful, you know. Like, don't be afraid, and this shall pass, and you know, there's just so many powerful verses. That you know, whether you're looking at it if you're Persian or you know whatever country you're from, it doesn't matter. Like American Persian, mm-hmm. and you know, you just look at it, you're just like, wow, this is um, this is great. Right. Now, we have to continue on with your journey from Germany to the United States, jumping two grades, and then all of a sudden being 14 by yourself, coming to America. I did travel by myself, and it was very scary. Um, I got into the plane, and uh, I went to New York and LaGuardia, and I was too really tall, six foot seven, <laughs> like I like standing there waiting for me. I was like, Where am I in trouble? <laughs> so they take me in this room and uh, they close the door and they get fingerprints and they're like, oh, welcome to America. Here's your green card. I'm like, wow, this is great. This is a nice way to be welcomed, you know. Then my my brothers, didn't, they weren't as lucky as me. They had to like go through the mountains and stuff, you know. I mean, there's so many great stories there, but Anyway, my family's waiting for me in Baltimore, and uh, I come out of the plane, and there there was like seven of them there, and they had flowers for me, and I had just a little suitcase with this tiny little umbrella. <laughs> that was my whole life. <laughs> and I was like Mary Poppins, just be like, all right, I'm coming from America. I'm going to make this place a better place. <laughs> so, it sounds like most immigrant stories, though. <laughs> no, it's exactly. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it just humbles you, you know, it makes you so humble And in life when I think back and the things that I have now, the things that I prayed for, 
um, and just being positive and loving and kind, being like able to help other people. Um, so yeah, and then I started high school. Of course, I didn't speak English. So I went in EFAL. You know what that is? Yeah, English is a second language. Exactly. Very good. And so I did that. And uh, then after one year, there's kids in a, you know, bullying and they're like, oh, she doesn't speak English. And I was like, let me show you. And then so I took three months, hit the book in the summer. I was home. I was watching TV. I was writing stuff down. I was reading books. I was like, I'm going to show these girls. I went back. I was fluent. And they were like, how the heck did you learn English so fast? I was like, look, I speak like three languages. We barely speak the one. That is okay, though. But just don't make fun of people. It's not nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. The person, that, so, the person with the accent speaks one more language than you do. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, was, uh, high school was interesting. It taught me a lot. And I was like, I don't want to do school because it was just so, like, clicky. And I, I don't like that. You know, right. It's not for me. But then when I went to college, it was just so different. I was like, oh, this is actually cool. I, I love I love learning. I love studying. Yeah. So I, I studied and I got my degree in international studies and marketing. And I uh, wanted to go to law school, which I did for the first year. And uh, for pre-law, and I dropped out. And um, I just, you know, I, my brother wanted me to do it. It was it in my blood, my heart. I know I would have been a good lawyer because I like to you know, argue in a good way and be like, okay, I, I got this, you know, and right. have the backup for it. But I was like, there's something different for me out in the world. So I kind of took some time off. I helped the family with the family businesses. We had some restaurants. We had a restaurant. We had a couple pizza shops. And so I kind of ran their accounting. And then... Um, and the whole time I, you were doing that, all your siblings were, were yelling at you, see, if you had finished law school, you could have written all the contracts for us. But no, exactly. you decided to drop out and then shame the family, and now you have to do our mathematics. How did you know? You, it's because, so true. Because there are only five, uh, five careers Middle Eastern people, in fact, the entire continent of Asia can go into. Sciences, so... <laughs> You know, You're so right. Again, have, my mom used to say, oh, but you should have been, a, you could have been doing this. I'm like, okay. Then I went back to school for aesthetics. I I uh, got my degree for skincare <laughs> as, as a skincare specialist, which was a year and a half long, two year program. And I was great. It was great. I was work. I was working at a spa. I loved the environment. I loved how it was calming me. I was calming other people. And you know, the things I heard in that room, I mean, there's so many people that were hurt even before COVID and all this stuff happening. I mean, our planet is in pain. I mean, there's people that are hurting, you know, I mean, we're hiding our pain. And every day is a new day. We just got to channel through and, and conquer our emotions. You know, they say, if you don't have diplomacy in this world, I kind of, you're basically screwed. You know, you've got to be a good diplomat. And you also have to have, you know, you also have to be able to control your emotions. Because if you don't, then each person is going to have the remote in their hand that can just change, like, just do whatever, make you do whatever you want because your emotions are controlling you. So those are the things that you just really have to look out. And our emotions are a guiding mind. Are we feeling good today or not? What can I do to make myself feel better and have a healthy habit? Because it's just so hard to fall into something that's easy. Oh, this is so easy. I'll just do this and it's fun and it doesn't matter. Mm. So you know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> Yeah. And so how does music play into all of this then? Because you went to business school, you came to the United States, you're collecting citizenships. I'm pretty sure you're going to have a wallpaper full, you know, full of them at some point. 
This is my Iranian passport. This is my German passport. This is my American passport. I got one from Australia just because. This one's from Argentina. I'm a citizen of the world. <laughs> there so you that's go. A, that's, a, that's a good question. Well, I kind of skipped through how we kept ourselves going in Iran when it was like a war zone. We kind of kept ourselves in a bubble, like through music and dance and Western music. Persian music, Hindi music, all kinds of music, Arabic. I love, you know, the Arabic music. It's so beautiful, you know. I mean, they're all great. And we just kind of kept ourselves in that bubble. And uh, so music was always in my blood. And I think um, because I knew how to channel through that, uh, I kind of went to another world when I listened to music. And it was just like, I was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. And my brother was always singing. <clears throat> so when he did his first album, he has about seven albums now. And here in America, I mean, that's when he started, and I wanted to do a song with him. He's like, oh, it's really not for you. It's not a good place for you to be. You should just stay in school. So I kind of pursued it on my own. That's how I did my Persian um, thing, but I knew his producer. So I kind of went and did all my songs and everything, and then when it was done, I told my family, like, like, when, how, where did you, how did, how did you do it? <laughs> I was like, I didn't talk about it anymore. I just did it. You know, sometimes I think we talk about it so much that we're going to do it. And some people think, don't do it. It's not good. You know, they, they're just like, they, they basically change your mind. And I think for me, I've, I've learned to stay quiet through things and I just kind of do it. And then I, I present the world. You see what I mean? Right. Instead of talking about it too much and showing like on social media bragging, oh, look where I am, look, look the house I'm in now and look at the car. Like, I just don't like, I never was that kind of person, you know, I'm just a really down to earth, you know, I like to kind of like stay shot. I'm shot forever. I don't care if I am, you know, multi-billionaire, if I'm like the most famous person in the world. I want to, the most important thing is for me to stay true to my soul, to myself, to my family, to my friends, people that know me. And and get better, become a better person every day, not change, you know. But if I change only for the better, but I don't want to be different, you know. I want to try the shop. I'm gonna clean up. I'm not. I'm gonna cook. I'm gonna scrub the floor. It doesn't matter. I'm a celebrity or I'm not. I'm shop. I'm not gonna stop doing the things that I did because I'm famous, mom. I like that. You know, someone staying true to uh, where they came from. Absolutely. That's the only reason I'll do it. I never did it for fame. I never did it for the money. I never did it for, you know, for, you know, oh, look at me, like, I'm so great or I sound so great. Like, I just really did it because the love of the art, the love of putting something great out there and just uh, helping humanity, like, through music, dance, sound, you know, and uh, and the words are powerful. You know, music is so powerful and healing. Because have you noticed sometimes when we listen to a sad song, it's that song, if you broke up with that song, it can take us like back 10 years. I'm like, oh, no, 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 why? <laughs> I'm like, shut it off now. <laughs> right. That breakup song from 1993 that <laughs> you heard in junior high or wherever, yeah. It's like, bye. I don't want to hear you right now. <laughs> Sorry, Celine Dion. I love you, but right now I can't. I love the other songs, but no, I'm just being funny. You know, you brought up, you brought up Celine Dion, and I was just, this is a side note, just because to me it's funny. I was on a cruise, and someone decided for karaoke to sing the song from Titanic. And I said, really, do you know where we are right now? <laughs> I, I love that, maybe. That's a really good one. I love that one. She's amazing. She's oh. phenomenal. Like, her songs do make me cry, though, sometimes, you know. 
but um, it's good. But it's you know it's just part of who we are, and uh, so that's what happened with the music. And uh, and I met another producer. He was Turkish, and he went to Brazil. So we kind of started dabbling in um, some music, and uh, we had a fallout. Unfortunately, there was high hopes for that. So we were kind of dating. So we, I kind of like stopped singing for many years because I was so heartbroken. And uh, for me, like, if I want to sing, I need to be, like, happy and in a good place. Like, and I just didn't want to sing anymore. It's, it was it was amazing how I was just like, I can't believe it. It's something that I really love. I didn't want to do anymore. So fast forward years later, and then, then it just came back. I was like, okay. And I asked God, I said, don't give me the gifts you want to give me right now. I am not ready. I'm not stable in my life right now. This was, like, maybe 10 years ago. I was just going through a lot of changes. I was trying to figure myself out, my purpose in life and, you know, my goals and things, why I came, why I came here, you know, like, what is, what is my purpose, you know? So then after fast forward, I was pregnant with my son and then that's when I met the producer and we started working on songs and I recorded like three songs when I was pregnant. I was like, okay, this is it. And when I actually, I'm sorry, I had him, he was six months old. Mm. So, um, so you know what I mean? Sometimes God, he just listens to you and he's like, okay, here's your gift. And this is a perfect time when I received my gift, and I did it for the right reason, mm-hmm. uh, not for the fame, not for the money, like I just told you. Because those things chase you; you don't have to chase them. Right. They come to you. And now you're a mother of two on top of it. I am. I yeah. My my daughter, she's so cute. Her name is Shiloh. She's two, and my son's is Raphael. I love biblical names. You know, I wanted them to have names that are have meaning to them. Um, and Raphael is the angel of healer, and he has the most beautiful green eyes you've ever seen. They're so dimensional, like they have like when you look at him, you see like the universe in his eyes. And and Archangel is related to the color green, and it's healing because before that I had had an ectopic pregnancy, I almost actually died. Um, my family was freaking out. I mean, the, the doctor was like, we might lose her, like percentage chance that we could like lose your daughter wow. tonight. So, and I kind of saw another side and I came back. I was gone for a while, but they were like, you were only gone for like under two minutes. But it was, for me, it was like a couple of hours, wherever I was. Wow. So after that, my whole life changed. And, um, you know, and then I had, of course, and I had Rafa five months later. So that's, I call him Raphael, angel, you know, the healing. So, and Shiloh is like, is peace because she, she's kind of like very peaceful and sweet. And uh, they're my two little angels. And the one thing I wish to God, I said, you know, give me two beautiful, healthy babies and uh, give, send me good souls. I can help this world with them. They can be my army. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. And now the way you're describing your son, he sounds like uh, Queen Roxanne from, uh, from uh, ancient times. Because the ancient <laughs> queen of Iran had red hair, bright green eyes, milk white skin. No, he is. He has like blonde curly hair. His hair is actually long. I love long hair on boys. And he has the green eyes, um, long black eyelashes though. Mm. <laughs> it's like, okay. But he's four. Actually, he's three and a half. He, he will be, um, he just turned three like four months ago. But, uh, they're, they're definitely keep me, you know, going and they inspire me every day because I see so much love in them and I see the future in their eyes because the children are our future, you know, and we want to make this place a better place than the way we found it. And, um, and, um, I, he has such a good heart. I can just tell like how he's so kind to everyone. He gives them high fives. He wants to hug down. He has so much love in him, you know, and whatever he gives me a hug or kisses me my whole day, just, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in my day. 
but it's just that child's love, you know. I'm sure for your mom when you were a baby or even now when you give her a call or just say, hey, mom, I love you, it feels, you know, the mom up. Or even when you just give her your mom a hug or you, she cooks your favorite meal, like, and I just saw my 83-year-old mom after 11 months because of COVID and everything else happening. I couldn't see her. So, and she filled me up with so much, you know, and I was just like, I felt like I was, my soul was filled with love, you know. Mm-hmm. Mothers and, and fathers are important too, but she was my only, she was both a father and a mother to me. Right. Your father passed away when you were so young. The, you know, the memory is almost yeah. not there anymore. Oh, I, I was six months. I don't remember and nothing. But I remember my mom saying things when he was in the hospital. Don't worry about the little ones. They're going to be successful. They're going to be happy. They're going to have such a good life. And uh, my mom, she told us that. And we do. We all we contribute to society with good people. We try to do good things for the world, you know, in our way, in mm-hmm. however we can, you know. Right. Now, being a mother on top of this, clearly – your children's life is easier than what you went through, you know, uh, born in a revolution, survived a, a war between neighboring countries, migrating to another country, having to learn a new language, and then migrating to a, th- a second country after that and learning yet another language. Oh, yeah. So. It, was, it hasn't, I'm not going to sugarcoat. Um, it was, it was hard. It was very, very, very hard. But you know what? God only gives us what we can handle. And I'm so grateful for those hardships and hurdles because it made me the person I am today. I am wise beyond my years. I am understanding. I'm loving. I'm kind. And those things didn't toughen me and made me mean. They just toughened me, made me strong inside. And that's what I'm grateful for. Um, I love my story. And you know what? If I had to do it again, even though it was hard and you know painful, I would do it again. But I would ask God to keep my dad. You know, like right. just I would be like, well, can we just do a little like change of the story? <laughs> the, there's always that one little selfish wish because you know that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm not saying selfish like in a negative sense. I mean, I understand. No, you know, no, no, no. a girl wants her father. Understood. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I know what you mean. No, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, it's good. It's all beautiful. You know, just making the best of what we we get handed, and then just make it even better. Life is a gift. It's truly a gift. I mean, they came here for the experience of smelling, breathing, love, the hugs we get, you know, the, even that strangers. I mean, when I sometimes go out, you don't know what people are going through. I just, I just try to be the nicest, I mean, kind as much as I can. I mean, I open the door or I just give them a smile. Now you can because you have the mask. I smile with my eyes now. <laughs> you know, it's like, but then I can tell they're smiling with their eyes too, you know, because it kind of gets a grin around it. It's cute. Right. <laughs> so. Now, do your kids speak Farsi too or no? Oh, yeah. They, uh, they speak Farsi and, English and, and uh, Spanish because I have a <clears throat> Spanish au pair and, uh, their nanny. So they, Rafa says, uh, hola, como estas? You know, like, he, he knows a lot of little words here and there. Right. His name is Rafael. I'm like, oh, you can, you're, you're like basically Spanish, and he, he plays soccer, too. <laughs> like, you're definitely a little Spanish boy. <laughs> well, he's definitely Iranian, too, if he's playing soccer. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Spanish, <laughs> Spanish, American, Iranian. Sorry, I didn't, um, I didn't get that in there. You gotta make sure to get them all in there. <laughs> yeah. Or every Persian in Southern California is like, what? She forgot about us already? Oh, man. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Much love to you all. <laughs> now, my son definitely has that Persian blood in him. You, you can tell. I mean, he's definitely, 
they both do, you know, I mean, they're part of me and they're part of my partner and um, they're part of God. And they, He's already wearing God. silk shirts and gold chains. I know. Our money exchange. <laughs> Too much gel in the hair, you know. Oh my gosh. You know, that's funny because I do spray this thing on his hair for the tangler and it gets his hair even more blonde and he's like, Mommy, stop, stop. <laughs> he's like, What are you doing? Stop doing that to me. Um, well, you know, they're at that age where you can still torture them like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel bad. But you know, I mean, they, I want them to be presentable because if you see them in the first morning, their hair is like it's poofed up on the top and it's like tangled. I'm like, okay, we gotta fix that. <laughs> I'm like, I am not sending you to to camp like that. There's no way. I used to have hair. I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. They're just both wild, like wild hair, like poofy and. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, we gotta fix that afro here. Yeah, yeah now yeah. now my best friend is the the Norelco trimmer because you know <laughs> it's the only haircut option I have now. Hey, we need we need all the, we, <laughs> we need help. Right. All the all the help we can get, believe me. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, your career started off internationally more so. You know, you have Latin beats, you have Persian music in there. Um, but growing up in Germany first, this is what I've noticed about Europeans in comparison to Americans. And, you know, if you look at the history of music in the United States, I'm not too familiar with with the English scene because, I mean, I only really like their metal bands over there. But it seems like American music has to have, like, a message. You know, it has to be political. It has to be religious. It has to be something meaningful, you know, from the 1960s to today. Whereas if you listen to European music and then it'll be like, oh, we have over in Northern Europe, there's Aqua and then there was Toy Box and then there was all these techno and house bands <laughs> yes. and whatever else. And then you'll listen to European music, metal music and it'd be like, like if American metal music, they have this hard hitting song and then they went a ballad, they got made fun of. And Europe, they'll sit there and go, you know what? This song is missing a church organ and bagpipes. So like... <laughs> Why are the Europeans willing to have more fun with their music, not just create, create, creatively but stylistically, than Americans? Wow, that's a really good good question, and, and that's a good point. You're absolutely right. I think we always like going one way, and there's a message. <clears throat> You're absolutely right. I've, I've actually noticed that. Even, even in my writing, you know, uh, we're actually about to do two of my songs, um, because everything got pushed back because of COVID, but... I'm actually doing two songs um, um, with my producer, Eli, um, in L.A. Um, so it's going to be, we're going to release those hopefully um, before fall. And uh, one of them has that kind of like a Spanish flair to it, which is really beautiful. Both, both songs are really nice, and I co-wrote them with my producer, Damon Sharp. Um, so I think we're going to be out there on the 20th, 22nd, we're going to be doing these things. Um, to, you know, direct, he's going to direct them for me. He's super talented. He also did, he also did, uh, spell on me for me. And I was like, Eli, you have to do the stories back to back because they're kind of like a, we're telling a story, you know, so making it exciting, like something different. But you're absolutely right with that, with the, with the sound, um, of the music. And, uh, that's something to think about, you know. Yeah. Like, are we ashamed to try to have fun here is, is the question. Yeah. 
that's why you know what when you hear my whole album mm-hmm. it's it, there's eight songs in there and um uh, the reason i wanted eight because um, i wanted the infinity sort of like eight fighters i wanted to play on that and say but the eighth album mm-hmm. you know there's not eight albums but there's eight album the eighth album my first album infinity sideway there's no ending no beginning to music you know so we should explore different territories we should have fun with it um and uh so yeah it has definitely a different sound i would say and we just kind of like played around a lot and it's really cool um i mean i love i love my album and i listen to my songs all the time I'm like wow you know it uplifts me it just makes me happy you know it's like it could be even a sad song, but it's like uplifting sound song. You're like, oh my god, this just gives me such good vibes, you know? Like, um, so yeah, and I cannot wait. Uh, as soon as it's done, I'll, you know, whoever interviewed me is gonna get get it like right away. We'll we'll like send it through PDF form or something to you guys. So good because you know I'm gonna want to listen to it. No, you're gonna love it. I mean, Eli listened to all of them. He loved them. I mean, he's like, these are great, and we we wrote them. They're all original. You know, people always say, why don't you sing this song? Why don't you sing Beyonce's song or this person's song? I'm like, but it's not my song. It's Beyonce's song. She sounds different than I do. You know, this person sounds different than I do. You know, so Shaq has her own song. Shaq sings her own music. Like I sing my original music. I'm actually dabbling on the on the guitar right now, wow. and I'm learning. And it's 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 hard a little bit. It's easier than all the other instruments I found for me. But the only thing is like the hand movement and holding those uh, you know chords down and just like I'm getting used to it. You know, it, it takes a little time to get the to get into the groove. Right. But uh, I just figured, you know, if I once I can play the guitar, I can take it into the beach. I can travel with it. It's easier to take it everywhere. But I'm constantly writing. We also started our second album. We have three songs so far that um, we, we did, and the second album is going to be definitely more songs on there. We're going to explore more and kind of think outside the box, do something different, just like what you just said right now. A lot of people like, and I actually told this to Damon, I'm like, why don't we do something different, you know? <laughs> I always send him like these amazing sounds and something different I've heard and you know, because everybody has a different ear, you might hear something like, oh, this is really different and, and cool, you know? I like this song. But because of all of these outlets now, we we are able to hear so many different songs, you know, through like Spotify and, um, you know, but it's good. It's it's super exciting. Are you located in California? Yeah, I'm in California. (laughs) Awesome. I'm in Orange County, so. Oh, wow. That's my favorite spot. Like, (laughs) I really, I love Orange County. It's, It's really beautiful. But I'm not in Irvine, so. I'm not that that much of a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, 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 no judgment here. <laughs> no regrets, no judgment. <laughs> I'm close, but not that close. <laughs> That's good enough. You get you get best of, best of both worlds. Yeah, I, you know, I'd rather be closer to the beach than inland. So. Oh yeah, the beach is just. Oh, if I there's one thing I miss for sure, and I. I I miss the beach. I feel like it's so cleansing, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just going into the water. It's not like it just cleans you, cleanses yeah. your soul. Like, it. and water in general is really good. Even if I'm having a bad day, I just shower, and I'm like, okay, it's not I'm good. You know. No well, that's the problem with good. Dallas, you know, because the you know you don't you have a lake somewhere close by. <laughs> we actually have a lake house. It's an hour away, and we have like a little man-made beach. It's kind of cute, you know. It does the job, but. 
it doesn't beat the beach, you know, but it's good enough. I mean, it's better than not having a lake, right? Oh, absolutely. Some kind of, some kind of, some kind of body of water, and it's an hour away from our house where we are right now, so it's not too, too bad. Nice. Um, it seems like Dallas has become like a hotspot for a lot more, you know, Iranians to move to. Like, uh, for people that also don't realize Iran is a heterogeneous society. So there's Persians, there's Azaris, there's Armenians, there's the Syrians. You know, there's a, Iran is mixed. People keep forgetting. They're like, oh, they're all Persian. I'm like, Correct. You know, it, right. no, it's mixed. It's a heterogeneous society. Like Patrick Bed David, he's a Syrian Armenian from Iran. I know a couple of other like Osuri people from from Iran that have moved to Dallas. It seems like a lot of Iranians are moving to Dallas now. No, no, you're right. I actually like the word you just used, heterogeneous. I've never actually heard them before, yeah. but it's really I like it. Um, then you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Dallas is, um, especially after the COVID, you know. It's amazing. Like a lot of people are moving here. There's a lot of opportunities. Taxes are less. It's almost like we are like it's like a sovereign state. Like it's like we don't even belong to the rest of America. We we have our own like laws and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, for sure, I, I do believe in that. And I think a lot of designers in um in New York. I think Valentino is closing all his stores and he's moving to Dallas and he's going to make Dallas's headquarters because he's paying so many taxes. I mean, I've heard through the grapevine, some designers, I mean, exactly, I don't know, but that's what I've heard. A lot of industries are coming to Dallas. Texas is very tax-friendly to businesses. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's, uh, I mean, I like the energy here. You know, every city has its own energy, but this is a good place to raise kids. It's so close to my family because if I'm coming to California, if I lived there, it would be like six hours away from Maryland, you know. Right. So, um, but I do love. I have a soft spot for California. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely like when I'm there, I feel like the weather and stuff is like reminding me of Iran a long time ago. <clears throat> like the flowers, the fruits, the food, everything just tastes so much more organic to me. And your and your siblings are spread across the U.S. Like you have some here in Palm Desert, then you have some in Texas, and then others in Maryland. So you're pretty centrally located to everybody. Exactly, exactly. Like I have uh, most of them are in Maryland, but I'm trying to I'm trying to like get them to come over here. Right. <laughs> I'm like, come, you know. They're like, okay, twist my hand. I'm like, come on, sell everything, just come down here. So fresh, it's so much, it's so much better, more opportunities, and um, but we'll see. It's God's God's will. Whatever happens, I just you know leave it in His time, in His divine timing. I was looking at Texas to move to. I just couldn't justify the property tax. Oh, yeah. The, the property tax can be a lot. Yeah. But not in the city. I mean, the county is maybe more, mm-hmm. but the city is not as bad. But then you save other ways. You know, yeah. living living expenses is less. And, uh, um, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you just sacrifice there and then you just kind of like make it there, you know, on the other side of the spectrum. Right. I mean, we're never going to get away from taxes, but as soon as I saw like 2%, uh, you know, uh, property tax, uh, I was like, do I really want to pay that? Cause, yeah, it's a lot. Because I want to be one of those people that's like, that's it. I have five acres. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> no, we live on almost a four acre here and uh, we have ponds in the front and uh, we have ducks and we had them since when they were babies and they're big now but it's just nice like you know it's like a resort our house kind of is like a build like one level like a California style you know not two stories or anything like that it's just nice laid out layout the pool guest house I have a studio building 
Um, we have a soccer field, tennis court, and sauna. I mean, it, it really is like a little mini resort. I, I don't even go to the gym. And I don't even want to wear my mask because I can't breathe through if I'm running with my mask. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I just rather run outside. So I just I stopped going to the gym because we also have a home gym, which is like, has, you know, every equipment you need. And I'm like, why do I need to go out to work out? I have right. everything in my house. Yeah, you but just go to the nice supermarket to and that's it. That's it. I mean, it, it's nice to see people and whatnot, but, you know, I don't really see that much. Many people, like, you know, since a couple of months since I lived here, um, because I'm either writing or I'm with the kids, I'm cooking or getting stuff ready. And I love to cook. I mean, I, I'm a very family-oriented person. I mean, we like to go out to explore different restaurants, you know, foodies. But at the same time, I also love home-cooked meals. And I try to we try to cook at home, like, at least five times a week for dinner at night rather than just, you know, fast food or, you know, we want to make sure the kids are raised, like, they see mom in the kitchen, the dad, you know, dad is there too. You know, we have that, and then they play soccer and they come, they come right straight to the house and their soccer is right here. They practice in the house, well, outside, but, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in the property. Right. So, um, and so, yeah, we, we cook dinner every night for them. Um, so they, they know that, um, this is how it should be, not like going out every night. I mean, we go on like date nights or we go to restaurants or explore something new. But other than that, I, I really love to cook at home. That's really my favorite. It's just where my soul is, you know. Right. Are, as much are as I kids, love music. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, are my kids like? Oh, I was going to say, are your kids musically inclined as well? or? Rafa, yes. I, I, I feel like Shiloh, they both are super fast. Like, I mean, they can run. Like, she's faster than even him. Like, she's like a, you know, she's amazingly fast. And uh, he's more, like, he was dabbling on my guitar. He's, like, interested in learning. He wants to know. He's very curious. He's at that age, you know. But you can tell that one, like, in a year or two, they develop and I'm going to see, like, what they really like. Because I, I want to give them something that keeps them busy, that they enjoy. They want to learn an instrument. Like, I'll have, I mean, I know they love to swim because I have a swim coach for them that comes twice a week and uh, they love to swim. That's one of their things right now. So I would keep them busy constantly. And I don't try to have them too much iPad time, maybe like an hour or two of screen time. So they, you know, they don't get their brain washed. <laughs> I dig it. I have to ask, yeah. when when inspiration strikes, you know, you'll sit there, you'll hear a beat, you'll hear a melody, you'll hear like water dropping from the faucet and it, it just inspires this beat and you have the kids with you. Like, do you just hand them off to their dad and go, here, I got to go write this down real fast? Or like, how does it, you know, you can't, sometimes you just can't sit and, and, uh, you know, stew on it. Sometimes you have to just sit down and write it instantly. Like, how does that work? Because, you know, you're a busy mother on top of it. That's a great question. Um, actually, it's funny you say that because the other day I was doing something and then I had this beat in my head. I was like, it's like, I'm bound to drive you wild. And then sort of like, and surrender to your smile. Something like that. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's hot. I'm like, okay. And then Shiloh was in my head. I'm like, and I grabbed my phone and then, and then I'm walking around with her and I started doing a voice memo. So that's my thing. I do voice memos because right now I don't, I can't, I can't type like because I have the kids, you know, she wants to be close to me all the time or he's grabbing my hand. He just grabs my hand and pulls me away. Mommy, mommy, I want to show you something. I mean, he's very strong and he can pull me like with one pull. He, he weighs like 62 pounds. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you're like five two. You're only like ninety eight pounds anyway. No, I know, but Rafa, he's a big. No, I know, he's he's really. He knew you're funny, but no, he's really strong. Like he's a strong boy. He's like solid. When you pick him up, it's like you picked up like ten bricks. You know, like he he he's he's just solid. He's a solid boy. Like, but that's what I do. I write memos. You know, I I just uh, I record memos and uh, and I go back and I listen to it and I, I perfect it. I'm like, oh, good, I have it. And then I send it to my producer, I send it to Damon, and then him and I kind of like through that. So the last song um, I sent to him, and um, it's called, I'm going to tell you, it's okay. It's called uh, Soulmate Love. And, uh, and, I, uh, and I sent him a bunch of memos, and then I had my, you know, I had my, of course, song sheet too, with work, which I sent to him as well. And then I had to perfect it. So I write it, and then when it's like, when I have downtime there in school, before, you know, like right now, I just go through it, take stuff out or add something to it. I'm like, okay, this doesn't rhyme, this rhymes better. You know, this sounds better with this, you know. So that's how I work because it works for me right now until something else will work better another another way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with music now being, going back to like the 1950s style where it's a singles market mostly, you know, there's iTunes, there's Spotify, there's, you know, international rights to to certain things. Do you ever sit there and feel like, you know what, this song will work better in German. This song will work better in Farsi. This song will work better in English. This one will work better in Portuguese or whatever. And then just release, you know, multilingual songs or even multilingual versions of the same song. Actually, I thought about that. There's one song that I have. It's so powerful. And I was like, this song is so pretty. I, I need to make this song into different languages. <laughs> so that thought has popped in my head. The fact that you just said that, I'm like, oh my God, are you reading my head? <laughs> are you in my head right now? But um, no, definitely. I, I thought about that. I think that would be a really cool idea because there's books written in different languages, you know? Um, and actually, have you heard on Un- Un- Angami? Which one? It's another Angami, A-N-G-H-A-M-I. It's another thing for music, like, Millions of Arabic and international songs. Oh, I'll have to look it up. Then. I just, uh, it's a really cool, yes, A-N-G-H-A-M-I. A friend of mine um, told me about it. And uh, I, I love international music. I mean, I love Arabic. I love Spanish, you know. Um, but I actually heard a Spanish song the other day. It's called a Sunflower. And um, I don't know if you heard it. It's by various artists. Uh, of course, Post Malone, Nicky Jam, uh, and uh, Sway Lee. It's called Sunflower, and I, I was like, oh, my God, this song would sound so pretty, even if he was in Farsi parts of it, or, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow. But if you hear it, you'll see, like, a little rhythm there that could have been, like, Arabic or Persian. I was, like, really um, amazed by that. And you have the ear for it. Yeah. yeah, definitely check it out. It's a really beautiful song. Um, it's the it's the, it's the uh, intro for Spider-Man, I guess, soundtrack, but... Okay. Um, Called Sunflower Poses by Post Malone. Oh, oh, the one from Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. That, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, that one. But I never knew what the song was called. I was watching the Spider the Spider Man animated movie the other day, and I was like, I like this song. Who you know who sings it? Oh, and like, I didn't even pay attention to the credits. So thank you for letting me know that was him. Yeah, of course. And it's actually interesting because Post Malone said that they they built my studio. And um, I w- I've always wanted to meet him. And, you know, it's not about the hype and the names. And I say, I want to work with this person or that person. It's not that. I just, what I like about him is because when I saw some of his interviews, 
he doesn't like feed into the whole Hollywood scene and he just kind of is his own person and he just he's real and he you know he's just so he you can tell he's like genuinely a nice person that's one of the reasons I I wanted to meet him and plus the fact that he's 20 minutes away from where I live but Oh, okay. <clears throat> because you know, fame doesn't it's not a thing like oh because this person is famous or I just admire certain people because of who they are and it's Post Malone wasn't Post Malone I still if I would have just met him he wasn't my neighbor but he was talented like the way he is I'd be like you're great let's make some magic <laughs> <laughs> there you go you know or you can hire DJ Khaled and then he can just scream his name on your album and I'm kidding that's, <laughs> that's the joke about him but like everyone forgets like how talented of a producer he actually is Oh, yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It kind of gets lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the European DJs where every once in a while they'll, uh, you know, they'll have like a mega mix and then they'll throw their name into the song <laughs> so you know who's singing. <laughs> no, it's so true. Like, Regard, I mean, Regard was a DJ, but he also produces a lot of the songs. And I like his song. I think they're really wonderful. I mean, they're European too. Um, but, you know, there's so much great talent out there these days, you know, because of the different platforms we have. Um, music is definitely a, a channel through for healing, for just kind of escaping to the unknown. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We're just so blessed. And I'm blessed to be able to have ears that I can hear these beautiful melodies, you know. Um, so it's all of these different senses we have, and you just got to be grateful for them, you know. Yeah, do you you know you've been singing since you were a little kid, and it helped you escape, you know, the traumatic stuff that was going on in Iran. Do you remember the first time your mom had you sing in front of the family? Um, she never, because I was really shy. Believe it or not, like it, it took me a while to kind of come to me because I mean I was like adored and loved and worshipped in a way <laughs> with my family. <laughs> You know, and, and I was just a baby. No, the Iranian true. baby, of course. <laughs> I mean, it was it was back to a point where my teenage, you know, once I turned twenty or twenty one, I was like, I really gotta change. Like, I'm I'm a spoiled little brat. Like, I could see some things about myself that I didn't necessarily like, like traits. Or I, I just decided one day, I was like, you know, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna be a better human being. You know, I wanna be nicer. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Not that I was like a you know, a bitch or mean or, you know, I just knew from my standard, like, I wanted to be a good human being. Like, I, I was kind of coming to myself, into my purpose. And I was trying to figure my ways. And, um, but no, she never did, like, because I was shy. And then I was shy too, but I never showed it. I had a really funny side, but I also had a super, super serious side. Like, you could see me, like, really mad. Like, I would look at you and be like, don't talk to me like that. Or I would just make you laugh, like, really hard. <laughs> you know? So, like, there's not, never in between. Like, <laughs> um, But I guess I got, as I got older, I just sort of came to me, came to myself, where, um, you know, it, it just wasn't an issue anymore. I was like, okay, I'm good with this. Like, I guess that shyness kind of, like, went away. I, I just kind of, like... Um, I was like, no, I'm not going to allow this fear to take over me, you know? Uh, and uh, and now I can just do it. It doesn't matter where I am. I can just, you know, that's just thing because it's a gift that God gave me. And, uh, you know, I just do it. And they're my songs, and I know my songs. I know how they sound, the words, um, my comfort level, and um, which is good, you know? You just know it. And being a singer-songwriter, does it feel like it's cheating sometimes if you're singing somebody else's song? Because you're so used to writing your own music. 
you know, I don't think it's cheating. I think, I think, um, I think it's more uh, channeling through maybe someone else. Um, there's songs that I really love. I mean, I love Diamonds by Rihanna. I think that song is just so pretty, you know, so powerful. I like Chaka Khan, uh, you know, um, Ain't Nobody. I think that's a really pretty song, too. There's so many beautiful songs. I mean, I can go on and on and on. But um, I just feel like when somebody's singing someone else's song, um, it's cool, you know? Like, that's what they want to do, and that's okay, too, you know? I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just for me. Um, I just prefer to write my own and sing my own, you know. Um, but maybe down the road, who knows? You know, like maybe there's a song that I really like, love, and if I have the permission, I will perform it one day, you know. So right. that's those are the things, you know. And if the artist is like, hey, you know what, I would totally be okay with you doing this song if that's okay with the artist. Of course, I'm right. not going to make money off of it. It's just something that it's okay to do. In that term, I think it's okay. If the artist is okay with it, I don't think it's cheating or because you're not really making money off of it. It's, but really, they are it. Um, so I think everyone chooses their own, and I have respect for that. Right. There's more money in your own. Uh, there's more money in your own publishing rights. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, it's, it's just not. You know, I feel it's just more original. It's you. It's from the soul. It's your experience. Because if I'm going to sing someone else's song, I'm singing their experience or their song. I'm not going to their experience. I mean, there's there's kids that are 14 years old. They're singing like a like a song that like an adult thing that's like been through those hardships and I'm like it's, I'm amazed by those children I'm like wow that's amazing their voice is so powerful and they or they play the piano like they're Beethoven it's like maybe they were reincarnated again like in this world of Beethoven like he's back again you know <laughs> I dig so, it okay Seb I have to ask you a general uh, Iranian music question sure okay like Iranian movies, Iranian music is extremely bipolar. Either we're having fun, we're at a party, we're at a wedding, everybody's so excited and happy and having a great time, or it's the most depressing, suicidal song you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Why can't we find a happy medium in Iranian music? <laughs> oh, man. You're absolutely right. I think growing up, I felt that way because I would just be so depressed. I'm like, please shut that off. Like, I'm, I want to freaking cry right now. And I was having such a good day and I just walk into the room and I'm like, I feel so depressed and sad all of a sudden. Turn that shit off. You know what I mean? Um, but no, I totally agree with you. But I think this generation, they're really trying hard to put some really good stuff out there. At least it's not like... Even if it's a sad song, it's a happy song. It's like, you left me, but one day you'll come back to me. I'm trying to find happiness within myself. <laughs> right. Something something hopeful, not like, you left me, and then the, you know, but I grew up in the village, so the goat died, and then all of a sudden I'm miserable on top of it, and now it started raining, and I forgot my coat in the house. Like, you know, like, like country music. People think country music is depressing. Go listen to a depressing Persian song and then find the translation. And you'll be like, wow, country music is the happiest music on the face of the planet. No, no. You'd be like, oh, my God. No, you're absolutely right. It's like the guy's not wearing a coat in the video. He's, like, freezing outside. You're like, oh, poor thing. Right. Don't freeze up. Please go inside the house and put some, you know, take a warm shower and put some warm clothes on. Have a hot tea, you know? Like, yeah. But, um, no, you're, you're, you're right. And I've thought about that so many times. I'm like, man, 
why, why aren't they like making more fun stuff out there? I mean, it's already depressing, like for those folks like living there. I mean, expenses right. are high, all this stuff, you know, just sad already. But I'm like, put some good stuff out there. I've heard some good, decent stuff, you know. Even my brother's song, like they're actually some of them are like. I mean, he has some really good, happy, like, dance songs. And then he has some, like, some of the sad songs. I'm like, oh, man, why did you have to do this? I'm crying in my car driving listening to your song right now. I love you, but... <laughs> but it's just very powerful because our emotions are so powerful. Again, right. you go back to that. Emotions are very, very powerful. Absolutely. We need to learn to control them because if, if we don't, it'll take us each time. Right. You know, and that's, that's what I do every day. I'm like, what do I have to work on today, you know? Well, like, I, you know, I, I pick on Iranian culture quite a bit because, you know, I have a right to because I grew up with it. Like, there was this one Persian movie I saw. I don't even remember the name of it. All right. But I couldn't talk to anybody for a week afterwards because it was so depressing. So, wait, was it the one with the kid that only had one pair of shoes? No, that this one's more depressing. This was about an older guy. <laughs> Who, uh, what's it called? You know, he was, he had a decent life, but his wife wasn't the nicest person, you know, and he, and he had like a farm and everything and he ends up going blind. So he can't make money anymore to run the farm. So his wife leaves him. He ends up living in the cave, in a cave with his only friend who's his pet donkey. And then the donkey dies at the end of the movie. Oh man. And so. And I didn't want to talk to anybody for for a long time after that. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell me what the name of this movie is. I don't want to see it. I don't remember oh, it, but yeah, the kid the kid with the one pair of shoes is pretty bad too. That was pretty bad because you know what? The reason the reason that kind of got to me is because my mom was like, "Why do you tell the story like that?" I'm like, "Because I'm like, mom, is the truth. Like, this is who I am, and I want my fans. I want people that." You know, I'm associated with. I want them to know the truth. I mean, I mean, there's a point in my life where my shoes were falling apart. I did, I had a hole on the side, and I didn't want to tell my mom because I knew we didn't have much money, and I didn't want her to be worried. Like, oh, I have to go buy a pair of shoes. And when, I, of course, I told her, she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And she took me right away to buy to buy me another pair of shoes. But I mean, we we lived on one pair of shoes. And I mean, when I tell my friends, like, guys, we are so blessed to live in this country. We we really are, you know, like, I mean, yes, I have like more than 10, 20 pairs of shoes. Again, I have friends that have like 100 pairs of shoes. I don't still don't have, I I just, I just need enough. I'm like, okay, this is the white one. That's the the black, you know, kind of shoes. I'm good. You know, like I don't just go crazy. I don't even like buying a lot of stuff these days, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I have my comfort zone. I'm like, as long as I have these shoes, they're comfortable. I'm good. Even for traveling, I like I like to feel comfortable. Right. It's not. I mean, I like to dress dressed up for stuff sometimes, but it's not about buying stuff anymore, you know, or the most expensive stuff. I mean, I buy stuff for like 25 bucks, like a dress, and it's so beautiful. And people are like, where'd you buy this from? I'm like, uh, for 25 bucks and just online, you know. Right. So, um, but no, I totally agree with you. Sometimes, uh, you know. We, we forget like that we live in a leap of luxury and um, we're in the best country in the world. I mean, even I don't care what anybody says about America, you know, America gave me a head start. I'm here. This is the country. I'm a citizen here. Um, you know, I'm safe and I know that I can work on my goals, my dreams, helping people. My purpose can be fulfilled finally. Right. And that's when I know I'm free. I'm like, I did it. You know, every day I can get closer to that goal and we can connect. The, the, look, I mean, we're talking right now. You interview me. I mean, how would I have met you? Exactly. If it wasn't because of that. 
you see, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing, like a melting pot, bringing everyone together, you know? Yeah, and if we were in Iran right now, I'd probably be an engineer, and you'd probably be somebody's housewife getting yelled at 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hope not. I'm going to I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know, no, I know. No, no, we're no, teasing. It's true. Yeah. No, you, you absolutely, you have, but you're speaking the reality. It's, mm-hmm. it's the truth. There are women still are living that way. There mm-hmm. are there are people that are not fulfilling their purpose. They're just doing what they have to do, and it's that you know. Um, so you know, just being grateful, having gratitude in your heart every day, uh, and the things that are unfinished business in my heart or in my mind, I just kind of file away. I'm like, okay, well, I can solve the world's problems today or my own problems. I'm just gonna file it away over here, and I'm just gonna say, okay, what are the five things I'm grateful for today? Then when I say that, I forget why I was upset or what ticked me off, you know, right. and I, I'm in a state of gratitude and then more good things come my way because we are source energy, we are energy, we attract energy like energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And even if I didn't, you couldn't care less because, you know, you're in Texas, I'm in California, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I can still send you good vibes. Well, know, I appreciate remote, that, of course. Remote, remotely, <laughs> you know, kind of like, ooh, somehow, like, put it up in the sky and be like, may it get to him. <laughs> right. You know, it could have it been Pedersek didn't like what I had to say about this to hell with him. Oh, <laughs> you're, so, you're so funny. You know, the funny, the interesting <laughs> thing is, I would say um, our grandparents' prayers, uh-huh. like our mom, our mothers, our fathers, like our grandparents' prayers are still... Like, I think prayer, I believe, like, in a power of prayer, uh, I believe in faith, like, having faith. And I know, like, my mom, there's a time I was going through some dark times, and my mom was praying for me, and I felt it. There was one time I just felt this energy coming, and I was like, whoa, you know. So they're still protecting us. Our ancestors' prayers are mm-hmm. still protecting us. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, have you had, like, your gut feeling at times when he's like, don't do that? Yeah, and then you just actually didn't do it. You're like, oh man, I'm so glad I didn't do that. You're like, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> that's the feeling. You got yeah. that feeling. You got to listen to. You know. Oh, of course. You know, but it's also funny thinking about uh, you know our grandparents since you mentioned them, and then when they'd swear at us, half the stuff affected them. No, you're right. They yeah. listen to different generations, different worlds. <laughs> you know what you said. But but you know what? Look, they were down to point, straight to the point. Like what your grandfather said. You either want to do that thing. You're going to have to do it anyway. You either yeah. want to do it with a smile on your face, be happy about it, because you, you, you're going to have to do it anyway. So just yeah. do it with a smile. You know, he's a wise man. He's absolutely right. What your grandfather said, what she said in the beginning of the interview, yeah. when, before we spoke about that, that is the truth. You know, our, our parents obviously know the secret. They they live through life. They know the hardships. They just kind of like trying to give us some hints. Hey, don't do that. That's going to burn you. Just right. because it's not an oven, it's something else. You're like, all right, mom, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So. No, it's true. And then uh, since I was born here, but you're an immigrant, so I'll, I'll have your kids will have a similar story to me. Um, but exactly. But the thing is, is that uh, you know I don't, I can't complain in front of them. You know, my dad, my dad was from Iran, my mom's from Lebanon, so I can't complain about anything. Because I know exactly what they went through in Iran, what they went through in Lebanon, becoming citizens, immigrants. Like, yeah. you know, the, the joke is I was a citizen before my mom was. <laughs> That's yeah. true because you're born here. Right. That's amazing. I was born here and then a week later she got her citizenship. 
Wow. You know, so you know, there, there's things like that that we can we can joke about, but you know, you really can't complain, you know, for certain things because I know what you went through to come here and everything else, and then you know, learn another language. And then try to lose your accent or lose your accent. Like, I know people that have been here 45 years that still have their accent. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's kind of part of their charm now. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, why are you bothering now? Don't even try to lose it. It's, it's pointless. Now. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. You know? It's cute. Yeah. No, I, I think because I was, um, when I came here, I was 14. So... <laughs> I didn't really try to lose my, I just thought how I learned English, you know, right. whether there's times I might use a word or say something that actually sounds more like, uh, you know, you can kind of detect it, like, oh, okay, there's something there. But most of the time, I would say 99.9% of the time, you can really, um, you can really get the accent. Like, I'm, my, the way I speak is more like, not like normal English. I mean, you know, people would people would never really be able to tell where I'm from. Right. You know, so it's yeah. the, it's the, the the guessing game. <laughs> <laughs> well, let them keep guessing. Um, I've gotten like Spanish before, uh, Latino, Puerto Rican. Uh, I get a lot of Latin, Latino. Yeah. Um, and then oh my God, I was uh, one time in um, I was living in Florida, and when I was going to law school my first semester and I went to the gas station to move gas and there's a bunch of uh, people like marching. It was like a 1 million Spanish mark or something. The guy's like, aren't you doing this march? I'm like, no, what should I be? He's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Aren't you like, this is for the Spanish people. I was like, but I'm not Spanish. Like, Why do you say that? You're not proud of your heritage? <laughs> I was like, but I'm not. <laughs> And, I, and then I started talking in Farsi to them. Right. I was like, see, do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm Persian. Right. He's like, oh, man, I am so sorry. <laughs> that happened to me. I got I got yelled at by by somebody. And they're just like, you have to learn to speak Spanish. I said, you have to learn how to speak Asuri. And he's just like, why do I need to learn that? I was like, well, if I'm going to supposed to learn your language. you got to learn mine. And he looked at me and he's just like, oh, you're not one of us. <laughs> That is a good one, see, because Persians do like, we do look like kind of Spanish a little bit. I mean, that's a great culture. I really do love, um, I feel like, you know, because in Dallas, there's a lot of Hispanic communities, and I've met so many great friends that kind of are, they're my family now, they're my sisters, and and um, I feel like that's why we always say the drop of Latin, because, you know, we share the same recipes, we dance to it, and they're teaching me how to speak in Spanish, and Every day I'm learning a new word. That's my goal. Hopefully one day I'll be a little bit more fluent in Spanglish. There you go. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Like when I do, when I was doing press junkets in person, like I'd always end up sitting with Hispanic press more so than anybody else because just their culture is similar to ours. So everybody's just complaining and making fun of each other and whatever else. So I was I like, these people are having more fun. I'm going to go hang with them. No, it's true, though. Actually, my brother went to uh, Colombia, Medellin. Um, he was living there. He was building a hotel. He was in construction, mm-hmm. the building process, and uh, he loved it there. And, you know, and he did so many promotions for me for Spelling when I was there. He went, Shad, you're famous in Medellin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> the guy owns, like, this, like, 50-acre, like, ranch 
he talked to me in middle. I was just leave. I had to wake up just to talk to him. I'm like, oh my god. He's like, come here. I make you the biggest concert. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> there you go. See, and now you had a concert in Colombia because of your brother. There, see. Yeah. No. Uh, no, it's it's it's, it's exciting. It's just uh, life is um, what we make of it. You know, we can wake up and the first be like, ah, oh, today's gonna suck. I mean, my morning. I'm not gonna lie. It, it was before I, I I got on a call with you. It was just like I said, I was doing everything right, but it, it, whatever I did right, it was just going wrong. Like I couldn't do nothing right. Right. <laughs> I cannot win. <laughs> so, but then I was like, I, I said, no, the day's gonna get better. Okay, I had a bad. The morning didn't. It was like a little rough. <laughs> and right. then uh, it just got better, you know. So we just gotta keep moving forward. And you know, I've had so many great days, and all days been wonderful. And I've had some days I was just like, you know, all off or. But then I just change it. I'm like, all right, let's change the frequency. How do we do that? You know. I got you. Now I have to. I have a question for your mother. Sure. Okay. You're one of thirteen from her. You're one of eighteen from your father. And mm-hmm. since he's not here, I can't ask him this question. So I have to leave this to your mother. <laughs> How did they not run out of names? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't think I know 18 people I like. I don't you know, so to be related to them immediately, you know. So the funny thing is, I'll tell you, like a lot of us are starting with an SH, like <laughs> Shahab, Shabnam, Shahzad, Shahzad the Vestigu, you know, like Thousand and One Story Shahzada, um, Shiva. And I was like, man, I wanted the name Shiva, and I got Shabnam. She's the goddess, you know. <laughs> I wanted the goddess name. Like, well, she got the cool name, and I got Morning Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody what it translates to. They're like, oh, she has such a gorgeous name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Great, you know. Yeah. And then, so she got the cool name. I got, I got the like, you know, Morning Dew, the drops of dew. And then my sister got the good fire of God, Shagada, like the God of fire. Right. I mean, they all have the God names, and then I got stuck with the with the flower and morning dew thing. So, so I, I told my mom I wanted her to change my name. For so, I, I asked her so many times. I'm like, I don't like my name. I know I, I would fight with her. Like I'm like, no, you have to change my name. Like mom. Because there was a there was a song named Shabnam Zalim. I was like a long time ago. I was like six years old, and these boys in the street, like coming home from school, they're like, "Oh, I like Shabnam," and they would start singing my song. They try to throw me. And I'm like, "Go away! I don't want to talk to you." I was so mean. I was like, "Mom, I need to go to the you know to the office where they change names and birthdays." That <laughs> <laughs> was her like devil child every day. <laughs> change my name. Change my name. I don't want my name. So anyway, and then Shahab, Shaheen, uh, like the Hawk and Sharyar. So we have a lot of SHs, and then we have like Haida, Hamid, Ali. You know, so we have like Majid, like Goran and Majid. So we have like a little bit of uh, everything in there somehow. Like, well, you needed one Ali in there already. Yeah, exactly. You gotta have an Ali. You got to. I mean, especially having that many kids. I mean, <laughs> they ran out of names. You know, you're that. All the prophets. You can have all the prophets and 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 and, and, and goddesses and you know all that good stuff in there to make sure you're protected. <laughs> but and then and then you know your brother who's just one above you. Your dad just looked at him and went, "Ah, eh, Phil." <laughs> 
<laughs> like we're out of Persian names. This one's Phil. Which one should be named? <laughs> the funny thing is my brother Shaheen, he goes as Sean, Shaheen Sean. Mm-hmm. Right. And my brother Scotty goes as Shariar, goes as Scotty. And I'm like, that's not, they're like, how did you get my name Scotty? Right. And uh, so, but yeah, and in high school, there was a song, Scotty Doesn't Know, your trip. And it's like, Scotty Doesn't Know, Scotty Doesn't Know. My friend used to make fun of me though because I would like hide from my brothers, like doing something, you know, going somewhere with my friends. And then like, they would play that song on like, Scotty Doesn't Know, Scotty Doesn't Know. <laughs> I'm like, God, you need to stop. Like, but yeah, it's been an interesting ride and trying to remember their names and the birthdays. And I mean, of course I remember their names, but like right. birthdays and stuff, you know, it's like... <laughs> Oh, it's another birthday celebration. Woohoo! You know, right. we're eating cake. I'm never going to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, ha- it had to be been fun growing up. Your mom's trying to figure out which one's in trouble or who she wants to talk to. Which one are you again? Oh, Come here. Yeah, we were like, we were like, we were, yeah. But the, the little ones were like the angels. They could possibly do nothing wrong. Even if we did, we would just be like, we didn't do it. And she was like, no, they couldn't possibly have done it. They're too young. We're like, oh, God, you got away with this one, too. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't know how to speak English. She'd be like, what? Those are the days you did that. I'm like, no, Mom. It was part of the trial for the interview. <laughs> now, is your mom in Germany or is she in the United States now? No, she's here. She's been here. We have restaurants in Maryland. Um, they were here before I got here. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's uh, she actually has a beautiful home in uh, Ellicott City, overlooking a you know field of uh, you know the not a soccer field. I'm thinking like uh, you know they play ball back there, and it's just, it's just a really beautiful, serene, like peaceful. I went to visit her, and I was just I went to the back. You can see all the stars and everything out there. It's just so beautiful, and there's like a little pond, and she has a really beautiful home. So it's very nice. Perfect. Um, she's happy there. And she's close to my sister that lives like 10 minutes from her. The other one is like, like, you know, 12 minutes. So. But she hasn't seen my new home here, and I'm trying to get her to come here when this uh, COVID thing, you know, slows down a, more and, you know, so all the food's traveling. Make your sister drive her out. Yeah, I know. They were going to. I don't know, 18 hours? Uh, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I looked at it. I think it's like, depending how you drive. If you drive like me, it's 18. If you drive like down, it's 21. <laughs> God, you're such a fub. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I have my serious side and I have my goofy, funny side, too. It's like you got to catch me on each side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you this. Sorry. It's 50 years from now. You've retired. The grandkids have come over to you. You know, they're tapping you on the knee. Nanny, nanny, I want to ask you something. You know, what's the one thing you want to tell your grandkids about your career and your life to influence what they, they're going to become when they're adults? Wow. <clears throat> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I would tell them to always stay true to themselves and, um, Never take no for an answer and just keep going at it. Stay true to yourself. Believe in yourself. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself love. Don't let the outside forces, outside forces to get you away from your goal and your purpose in life. Um, 
give yourself a lot of love because that's the only thing that, you know, love is, self-love is so important. And I want to make sure that they know that they have to take care of themselves because we only get one body, you know, in this world, we have our universal body, right. like, you know, and we have our earth body. Um, but whatever you need is already within you. There's nothing that you need that's outside of you. And whatever you put your mind into, work hard, but have lots of fun with it. And if you need help, ask for help if you don't know something. And if you think that something is not good for you, you already already answered yourself. What should I do? What should I not? Listen to your gut feelings. But don't ever give up. The minute you give up, it's like you're dying. It's like you're giving, giving up on life and you're giving up on yourself. Always find something innovative, something fun and exciting to do in life. Um, so you don't ever feel like you're bored. You always have something to do, learn something new, whether it's a new language, a new, you know, instrument. Um, always better yourself and uh, take care of the body you have. Um, give yourself love. That's it. That's what I would tell them, really. Perfect. My own I love it, Sheb. Yeah. Thank you so much for this amazing interview. I mean, you really made my day. Today. Thank you. Like, you made mine. I really appreciate it. Um, you're amazing, and I cannot wait to um, to send you my uh, my album uh, once it comes out. I'll make sure my team sends it to you know you know everyone that has interviewed me, and hopefully, once the other two videos come out. Um, I cannot wait for you to tell me how you know what you thought of them, and you know if you like them or not, and uh, it would be interesting to know your point of view too, because I have a lot of respect for you. And, uh, oh, thank you. You know, and just just the fact that you know your background and everything that um, I feel like we can relate so much to each other. I'm I'm really um, honored to be able to do this interview with you today. Oh, the pleasure was all mine, Shab. Your current single that's out right now with the video up on YouTube is "Spell on Me." Where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Okay. So I'm on Insta, Instagram, Facebook, under Shop Music Official. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. And I'm re actually working on a website right now, shopofficial.com as well, where we're going to have a lot of fun things for you guys. Um, so much love to everyone. Stay safe, healthy, and happy. Um, and we are made of love. We are love. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much. Thank you. And then you're, I know a kid's album is going to come out at some point. So. Yes, the album is going to be out at the end of uh, hopefully um, fall. So sometimes in fall. I don't have an exact date yet, but we'll, we'll have those dates by end of August, exact date. Perfect. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear the new album. I can't wait to see what you got coming up next. And then when you eventually come back down this way to visit your family, we'll go to Moranga and then hang out in the casino over there. I would love that. Thank you, JC. <laughs> have a great day. Thank you so much again. You too. Home.